Street Sessions, the business podcast brought to you by Streets Chartered Accountants. I'm James Pinchbeck, the firm's marketing partner, and I'll be hosting this session, which I'm joined by Sam Tyndale, financial planner and managing director with Tower House Wealth Management. The focus of our discussion will be on personal financial planning as we approach the end of the tax year, the 5th of April. We will consider the importance of taking action from both a tax perspective but also in terms of achieving long-term personal financial goals. Welcome Sam. Hi James. Hi, perhaps we could start by asking you why is the tax year end important in terms of financial planning? Um, so the tax year end is still the date by which most our allowances uh, reset on an annual basis. Uh, it'd be much more convenient to have it running in line with the uh, the calendar year, but it just gives us another date in the diary to work to. Uh, so some of your main allowances, things like pension contributions and ISA allowances, um, are, are tax year end dependent. So it's always a mad flurry of activity around this time of the year. And I suppose also the tax year end tends to... F- um precede a budget as well so it sort of highlights the probably the importance of doing things at this time of year and I think as you said it, it is the tax financial year end uh, as opposed to a business year end which sometimes people tend to confuse the two or overlap the two don't they? Yeah we see a lot of confusion with it in our client base um, I, I think from a business owner's perspective an owner manager you're always going to be focused on the company year end and and to be honest for the purpose of things like corporation tax relief where there's a lot of involvement and overlap with pensions uh, yeah it can get pretty confusing and, and keeping track of those allowances is important and, and a lot of people probably think well it's the tax year end I've, I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing stuff and, and you know I imagine you have some clients that for example probably think well the tax year end is coming up I need to do something equally some who probably don't do nothing and I suppose the purpose really of this podcast is probably aimed at more those people who may not be doing something or may have not considered what they could be doing. Yeah I, I think it's twofold this there's quite a lot going on at the moment uh, and, and some specific points that we're trying to take account of um, say for example uh, the increase in corporation tax that's coming in the next tax year trying to balance that out with when is the best time to be making things like pension contributions which we're racing towards the uh, the 5th of April to deal with um, I think whether you do or don't take any action at the moment, um, there's a lot of allowances out there that are use them or use, use them or lose them allowances, like the ice allowance. Um, and really, the difficulty sometimes with these conversations is planning so dif- different for each individual. Um, there's no one size fits all approach with it. It's just starting to you know to have some healthy conversations about things that we could be doing. Um, I I think at the moment the most important allowance if I was to pick on absolutely anything is just keeping an eye on your annual allowance for your pension Um, we we spend a lot of time working with clients around carry forward which are these rules whereby um, you can use some of your unused pension allowances from the previous three tax years but you've got to think of that (coughs) as a rolling calculation so every time we move forward into a new tax year we're losing our furthest back our third tax year um, but to utilise that third tax year, we've got to use our current year's one first. So at the minute, that's probably taking up more time in the office than anything. There's this sort of rolling calculation for individuals about what they're going to lose as they move forward into the new tax year. So, uh, And we've certainly had some conversations on that this week. But yeah, all hands on deck at the moment. I suppose there's a balance between um, ensuring you get the tax relief and allowances available versus and alongside the need for most people are looking at personal financial planning to increase their their own personal wealth and financial security you know so how do you juggle the two of them and in terms of looking when you look at financial planning um, I, I think the most 
difficult part of the minute, especially if you break down the, the, the planning journey. Um, everybody starts probably at the end where they, they, they you know, we're looking at mortgages, we're looking at protection, and we spoke on that earlier in the year, moving through to the, to the accumulation phase, which I think for most people lasts probably about 40 or 50 years now, and it's getting harder than ever. Uh, and then right through to the other end, we're in decumulation. So on the assumption we're in that sort of accumulation phase with people who are looking at saving, um, I think a lot of the time, uh, again, putting the, look at this from the perspective of the type of clients that we deal with and own a managed business, a lot of the time it's cash flow is king in the business. So we're constantly balancing, uh, you know, here's these allowances, allowances that you might lose uh, or, you know, particularly the pension allowance, oh, that's going to drop away if we don't take advantage of it this year. If, but you're matching that with the needs of the business and, and the cash flow. So, um, again, if you're speaking to your accountant about this, but again, creating cash flow within the business can be something that we can look at so um if we've got clients who say for example have realized some personal wealth through the sale of a property um but the business cash flow the business has had a hard year 2022 has been a tough year for a lot of companies the cash flow might not be there for the business there's the potential to look at loaning funds personally back to the business to create a bit of cash flow there again subject to uh, you know to a conversation with your accountant and and and, and, and satisfying that side of things um but there are ways and means to sort of generate cash flow within the company um, um, and, and that can be the difficulty sometimes as a business owner is is, is where your cash lies. Um, likewise, uh, you know the allowance that people always talk about when you're coming up to the tax year end is the ISA allowance. Um, we personally don't see uh, you know a huge rush for ISA allowances. That's predominantly because of the fact that if you're dealing with owner managed business, we always have a sort of on running conversation that actually if you've got a, you know a, a, a large amount of personal wealth building up. Um, are you taking too much income from the business in the first place for that personal wealth to be building up? So, you know, traditionally, if you look at an owner-managed business, if there's um, husband and wife or, or, or two directors of that company, you know, they've both got their full £50,000 each that they can take out. So for an owner-managed business, you can uh, effectively uh, extract about £100,000 a year within the basic rate tax band, taking account of things like small salary and then dividends, and you can still do that relatively tax efficiently. Um, the question is, what happens after that? And uh, I think if, you, if you're finding yourself drawing dividends into the higher rate, for the benefit of just leaving them in your bank account or, or alternatively to take those funds and put them into a nicer. My conversation with clients is often about, well, actually, are you taking too much from the business in the first place to end up with that personal wealth? Shouldn't we go back to the top of that 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 journey and say, well, actually, um, let's look at the funds while they're still in the business and the options we've got there. Again, one thing we've got to remember and a, and a rule that's not changed is pensions remain a corporation tax deductible business expense. So you know, if you've got £100,000 worth of profits and, and you're going to pay 19000 pounds in corporation tax a hundred thousand pound pension contribution wipes out the entirety of your corporation tax for the year so we're, we're often sort of again when you're looking at directors personal circumstances you're really looking back to the top of the chain you're looking at the business and you're looking about getting the planning right going down so often it's a you know really getting the remuneration plan right with your tax partner and your tax advisor first before later going on to decide what sort of the appropriate investments are uh, and the difficulty is is everyone's at a different point that we, we i mean we we get some really easy fixes where we might meet new clients who have only just started saving um in or they've been saving into a pension they've only just started paying attention to it and you find out you know you've got directors with limited companies who are making personal contributions so we can really easily get some wins by changing those to employer contributions so you've got everything right from through from on the basics through to you know talking and looking at carry forward and things like that so 
Um, appreciate pan, banging the pension drum a little bit there, but um, as ever, one of the questions we get asked all the time is still, you know, what's the most tax efficient way to save? How should I be saving? And and if you're a business owner with a limited company uh, and and, you, and you've got excess profits and you're not making pension contributions, you're just missing such a blindly obvious and generous piece of planning. Um, the other thing, you know, with pensions still sitting outside your estate for inheritance tax, I see more and more that we've got clients who you know, are in a very fortunate position and very lucky and worked hard to generate good businesses where they're taking pension contributions out each year and, and, and they'll probably never access those pension contributions in their lifetime. We're really sort of building up a legacy for the next generation. So I think while ever the rules stay the same and, and, and touch wood, they do, uh, you know, there's always rumours floating about, as you say, with budgets coming up, there's always rumours floating around, but we can only plan with the rules we've got in front of us. You've talked about pensions there, and as you know, I'm a bit advocate of pensions. You know, to say the both the long-term financial planning, but actually the tax reliefs available and the tax you know benefits of actually making that. You know, we talked about actually there is also the affordability. Have you seen in the you know, given we're we're going through a bit of a cost of living crisis, you know, businesses thinking, well, we won't we won't do anything this year. We'll keep the cash in the business, or you know, and and if so. I would imagine you perhaps your advice would be do consider making a contribution don't <coughs> don't miss years yeah but I mean most definitely that this I'll probably break it down into two parts the, the area we've seen most affected unfortunately is probably the the, the sort of newer smaller limited companies so to, uh, take it for example obviously we've got a specialist media arm um, within streets um, and a lot of those companies through the pandemic were really badly affected by COVID, not being able to go on film shoots and things like that. Cash flow has been damaged. Um, and, and often at a younger age where you've not got the capital there, you'll look at regular premium investing, uh, which, as we spoke about earlier, a bit big advocate for anyway. Um, but that tends to be where we see that, you know, people needing to put contributions on holiday, take pauses while they sort of build back up cash flow. But the downside is obviously in your younger years, you've got time on your side, compound growth is a very powerful thing. Uh, and there's a knock-on effect of pause in those contributions. So we've certainly seen at that level, um, I, I think likewise, um, arguably a, a, a sort of more established business level. Um, I think there's a bit of a feeling that we always see this when we see some interest rates um, that again, oh, Actually, you know, cash is offering a decent return for the first time ever, which it is, you know, and again, every business is different. You know, the rates on one year fixes, that would be my, you know, generic piece of advice across the board is if you do hold cash, whether personally or in a company, um, look at one year fixes, look at two year fixes, look at six month fixes, anything other than just your instant access saver. I mean, I, I, I bank with First Direct and get 0.9% interest with them versus uh, an instant access account with a, a digital bank that I get 2.5%. You know, they're both fundamentally offering exactly the same thing. So, uh, you know, the, the, if, you, if you're going to hold cash because you need to hold cash because it's short term, it's, a, it's an emergency fund, um, then, yeah, you know, taking advantage of things like fixers. Um, but the one guarantee you've got is that, um, you know, cash over the long term, as it always has done, will be outperformed by real assets. So be that property, commercial property, stocks and shares, um, you know, cash is offering a decent rate of return because inflation is so dire at the moment and you're still locking in a return that it's going to be less than inflation. So um, whilst it's, you know, it's a positive step and it's, it's a first step, um, you've got to th start with the end in mind. If it's yeah. a long-term objective, don't look to cash. Um, you know, it's home really is short-term. And, and we, we started with pensions. Um, you've talked about dividends. Um, you've talked about ISAs, you know, probably sort of looking at a sequence of events, but also things like inheritance tax planning. Now, 
probably a lot of business owners probably are not looking at inheritance tax planning, but perhaps in the wider intergenerational wealth management aspect of it, this time of year is probably worth considering either gifts or you know, uh, making gifts to, uh, to family members yeah. to manage the IHT, given the threshold still is, you know, is not, not, has not been increased and there's still not indications that it will be increased. What, what would you say looking in the round and saying, well, say prioritising your approach to year-end tax planning and say, well, I'll start with my pension, I'll look at dividends, I'll probably look at some you know, impact of capital gains tax or some charitable donations. Um, but really what you're looking at is tax planning to the benefit of wealth management, aren't you, wealth planning? Yeah, I, I mean, I think when you're coming up to the uh, year end, there's some of your sort of more generic exemptions, the ability to give gifts of, of £3,000 per husband and wife um, if you've not made a gift to uh, to anyone in that tax year. So uh, that's a, a little easy win. And if, if you are in a position where you've got a sort of large IH table estate, then it, it's a no-brainer to make those gifts. Uh, the problem is, in reality now, as you say, with rates being frozen, it's a bit of a splash in the ocean. Um, inheritance tax is definitely one of those areas which just needs you know it needs a sit down it needs a well thought out plan and often you know we sit in this very room with 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 uh, accountants and tax advisors because there's uh, we, we call it the voluntary tax inheritance tax that is the name in the industry because of the fact there are so many ways and so many things you can do to, to help reduce that um but again if you've got you know if you've got companies in the background uh, if you've got personal affairs you've got properties things like that it's going to take a combined effort with a few different people because they'll all have their own idea how to solve it we will often uh, sort of end this by having a, a tax partner and, a, and one myself or one of the team who will sit down and write a report together looking at varying different ways to approach it because it, it will it will it, each route will fit people will fit people better dependent on on their circumstances i mean one area i would pick up on at the moment and we talk about uh, sort of attention from the government when it comes to planning is um, I was informed the other day that I think it was the Telegraph have ran an article regarding uh, discounted gift trusts uh, which is an area of planning that we've worked with a lot over the years and I've often described it to clients as a sort of have your cake and eat it when you talk to it talk about inheritance tax planning the broad concept being that um, you can put an asset into uh, or, or you can put cash or investment into trust and retain an income for the rest of your lifetime now we know sort of generally speaking whenever we talk about putting anything into trust that means giving up access both to capital and to income um, now a discounted gift trust is a, it's not an off-the-shelf solution and it's, it's, it's sort of getting into the more niches of advice but um, that actually drew the attention of the Telegraph in the sense that someone had wrote a column saying, well, this seems, you know, this seems ridiculously generous. And I said, well, this is what we spend our life telling clients. This is incredibly generous. You know, these opportunities are there now. Um, you know, will things like that start, you know, start, you know, heralding change? I, I, I personally can't see it at the moment because of the fact that I think, you know, there's, there's, um, they're a relatively niche part of planning. Again, we sort of had this with uh, deeds of variation in the past, um, and again, smaller areas. And, and, and let's be fair, you know, in the current government, there's probably many people are a beneficiary of <laughs> a deed of variation in their family. Uh, so I, I don't think we'll see the change at the moment. But while these things are out there, while there's opportunities to do so, and, and you know, I, you know, any tr uh, trust where you can benefit from an income and get the uh, you know capital outside your estate, it is having your cake and eating it. Um, you know, these are the sort of things we should be talking about now. That's not necessarily a tax year end planning specific point, but um, you know, it, in in uh, the, the I suppose the relevance of where this can come about is, you know, we often sit down with um, you know clients and they go, you know, I want to arrange my ice out something. And you go, well, actually, you know, ices are great, and and they've got that home in that accumulation phase of life. But if you've got an ice table estate, you've got to remember that ices are part 
of your estate for inheritance tax. There are specific acts out there that you can use that aren't part of the estate, but uh, for the vast majority of people, they are in the estate. And, and actually, you know, if we look at broader financial planning, this is where we start to go, you know, is this the right solution anymore? And, and we've, we've seen examples, plenty of examples, where people have built an ISA portfolio up over their life and, you know, they've been fortunate the business has sold or something like that. And we end up sitting there and saying, well, actually, this, this ISA, that's this tax-free, this capital gains tax-free portfolio we've built isn't all that singing, all that dancing anymore because we've got a bigger threat there. I think we, we've spoken plenty of times, James, that you know, t- tax rules everything, tax drives everything. There's there's very little point getting hung up on uh, things like investment returns year to year or you know, I always say your friend down the pub will always get 1% more on his portfolio, but you know, it really comes back to you know getting your tax right. Fundamentally, inheritance tax, if, if, if you're, you know, you're, the more you grow in your estate, the more tax you're going to pay. So it's, you know, it's, it's often getting that wrapper right and who, who, you know, who's going to benefit from that tax and growth. That, that you know that that'll be what really sort of brings home the you know total tax adjusted returns at the end of the day and i think the point there is you may consider um some uh, gifts for inheritance tax planning but really the inheritance tax planning should be a, a, a longer term thing or a, a, a discrete piece of work and i think we're given you know increasing intergenerational wealth management i think it's a, it's a separate thing but I think your point is, if you need a you need a plan or a strategy for that, don't you? At the end of the day, if we can move on, one of the areas to consider, which we haven't considered, is the um, the, the role tax year end planning plays in terming help terms of helping to safeguard an individual's personal allowance, um, which is gradually drawn once someone earns more than a hundred thousand. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that in terms of you know year-end tax planning and how, how that can come about? It gives me a fantastic opportunity to go back to pensions again, doesn't it? So <laughs> um, effectively, when you earn more than £100,000 for every year, £2 of income that you earn, you lose £1 of your personal allowance. It gives you a marginal rate of tax at that point of about 60 62%. So uh, effectively, we, we try and say to most people, if you're earning hundred pounds to £125,000, unless you really 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 need the net income you should absolutely be looking at salary sacrifice with your pension at that point again if you're an owner managed business and you're paying yourself between 100 and 125 in dividends there's a very simple solution don't pay yourself as much in dividends again that's the assumption that you don't urgently need those funds um paying you know keeping 38p of every pound that you work for when you when you sit down and really work it out it's amazing the amount of times even even with you know uh, accountants and uh, and professionals who who see this all the time when it's their own affairs and they yeah. sit down and go really you know am i really really losing that much am i re-, you know keeping so little someone said to me the other day they said um uh, they were paying uh, 2500 pounds as a, a, a net mortgage repayment and that's about to end i said well that means you'll be able to pay five thousand pounds a month into your pension wow. and they sort of looked at me you know blankly thinking you know that, and, and i was met with the response that sounds like an awful lot of money and i said well it is you know that's that's because you've been losing half of your income to pay off your mortgage yeah. so um, it really is powerful when you get into that personal allowance trap effectively the most sensible thing you can do is if you're employed just go to your employer and talk about salary sacrifice speak to a financial advisor they can do the maths for you but it's you know it's it, if you want to keep it relatively simplistic if you earn 125,000 pounds you pay 25,000 pound a year into your pension and it will cost you 12,500 pounds so you're, you're you're quite literally doubling your money on that one regaining that full personal allowance um, which means that you know in in the round you're just far 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 better off yeah. the tax so absolutely James really really valid point and then um, presumably it's also worth considering that for those who are caught by the additional tax uh, rate tax ban which starts at 150 and is being reduced to 125,140 after this tax year 
specific. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Again, the difficulty you can get sometimes uh, is that when you start, it's, I mean, it's lovely. It's either very, very fortunate and, and lucky to be in a position where you're earning £150,000 plus a year. Um, the difficulty can be uh, that in terms of regaining your personal allowance, obviously you need your income to be coming back down below 125. So you're really talking for those earning, say, £150,000 that they need to be paying in you know, for the full £40,000 plus into their pension every year. Again, that sort of brings us back to the carry forward rules and, and you know, there's, there's definitely opportunities in there to plan. Um, uh, 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 and that's, again, you know, where I'd sit down with me or one of the teams have, have those sort of conversations. Um, but really, as you start to, in fact, the more you start to earn, that's where we, you know, we really come under pressure. So, um, again, you know, it's, it's a lovely problem to have if you're in the realms where you're earning sort of more than £250,000 a year. Um, however, uh, they start to get some very complicated rules with your pension at that point, whereby you are, instead of having your sort of full £40,000 annual allowance, you are tapered down. It was the issue we saw with a lot of medical professionals um, during uh, 2019, 2018, 2020. Um, However, they've amended the rules now to, to make it more generous, so it's, 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 it's affecting those people less. But there are still employed individuals on high salaries who, uh, in effect, uh, when, you, when you run it all the way through, uh, the lowest your annual allowance can go for a pension contribution is £4,000. Now, if, if you're employed on £350,000 a year, and you can only pay £4,000 a year into your pension... Um, you know that leaves you with a problem that you need to solve, and you know, we could probably spend half an hour on 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 ways to you know to, to sort of look at that. But um, it, one of the topics that tends to come up a lot um, are things like uh, VCTs, venture capital trusts, as an alternative. Uh, now, I always you know, issue a word of caution around uh, around any um, sort of tax advantage planning in that. Um, when we're, when we're dealing with a pension, we've still got a lot of control over the underlying risk profile and how we invest. When we move into VCTs, they are inherently high-risk investments, but they've got some incredibly attractive tax reliefs associated to them. Um, they've definitely got a home with the high net worth planning space because you know when you when when you're exposed to that level of tax, um, you know tax planning becomes really appropriate. Once pensions are crossed off as an option, um, you know that is where we've got to start thinking of alternative strategies. And VCTs definitely belonging there. Um, I won't go through all the rules now, no, but no. Uh, but certainly a conversation no. to be had if you're in that space. No, thank you, because actually it was uh, when I put the notes together for our conversation, I, I had VCTs in mind, but I didn't know whether we could bring that in. So that's good. Yeah. If we if we could then look at it and say, is there anything else people need to consider as we approach the end of this tax year? I mean, I mean, you've covered everything, but I suppose it's probably the process of going about dealing with the situation. You know, people probably think, well, time's running out. What do I do? Yeah. You know, uh, again, there's a fear. I think the biggest thing is not to do something, even if you, it, worst is you actually assess the situation, decide not to do something. That's yeah. different. But not to do anything seems a, 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 a bit of a, a short-sighted approach, does it? Yeah, I, I think I think if you've got no time on your side, if, if this is your business's busiest time of the year, or or your or in your role you're really busy, um, things like ISAs or allowances. If you haven't got the time to assess it properly, use a cash ISA. Get use that allowance. Uh, you know, there's no risk involved there. Even if you just go for an instant access cash ISA, because you can transfer a cash ISA to stocks and shares and the stocks and shares back to cash 
it's fundamentally just about ring fencing that allowance so uh, you know there's one really really easy option the other is that despite the fact that it is absolutely chaotic at this time of year we plan for this we you know we plan our whole year around making sure that you know january to march that we've got availability so um we you know we, we've got three advisors within the business and then we've got a, a back office team of about 10 that sit behind us as well so for you know really busy people who don't have the time you know that is exactly what we're there for to do you know we're a service there to take that burden and that pressure and just be able to go you know here's the decisions you need to be making and, and, and as, as much as possible just take it to the point where you know everything's planned out for them so there's still time to go and speak you know speak with their own financial advisor speak with it there's still time to start a relationship with a new financial advisor so um the, you know there's, there's there's people out there that can help um in terms of other strategies again with your pension this is the one that i'm always a bit more hesitant to say you know just make a contribution because of some of those rules we've just discussed you know if you're a high earner it's not as simple as just making a contribution if you've previously accessed a pension and you're above the age of 55 it's not as easy as just make a contribution there are a lot more rules and areas that you can go wrong uh, and likewise the amount is 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 very important as well so um whilst i would say you know making a pension contribution is a fantastic thing to do that is probably where unless you're really confident you know what you're doing go and speak to someone before you do it because you can end up doing as much harm as you can good there and i suppose that neatly runs on to what is your role and that your team's role in supporting clients at the moment then it, it's it's you know you sound like it's uh you know sit down and talk them through what they what they could do where they're at assess where they're at helping them understand where they're at probably the biggest thing that we do is um is around goals based financial planning um or or, or, or f- f- what fundamentally underpins that is cash flow forecasting so the idea is uh, when we meet a new client we have a first meeting with that client we assess uh, everything about their current position and we model uh, a plan based on where they are now and we use we, we put up on a big screen uh, we feed all that information in and and it will show us it sort of this is your life right, over over the next 30 40 50 years however old you are um from there we then have uh, you know sort of uh, subsequent research so if we if they've got existing plans existing pensions existing assets we go off and do all that research we try and spot through the program that we use as well any vulnerabilities so you know lacks of protection or you know if it's mortgages that are coming off fixes so everything sort of encompassed into one sort of holistic plan we then sit down uh, to have a follow-up cash flow meeting and in there we go through your actual strategy live with you so i always say we start with the unadvised version and then we go to an advised version the advised version is, is effectively us trying to visualize all the tax plan everything in our head to be able to show you uh, how we could make um whether it's your tax position your long-term position better off um through taking advice uh, and then that will ultimately lead through to uh, potentially a report of working with a client to put a, you know put that plan physically into place but the, the again it, it's a sort of combination of the research and the knowledge that the team have coupled with the use of technology to be able to go look you know Here's plan. Yeah, here's where you sit now. Here's where you want to be. And I think it's really important as well to try and actually track people with goals. Um, you know, if I was sat here with half my business owner clients now, I think they'd all say the same thing that you know they don't necessarily think about what they're getting out of the pension at the end. It's more of a focus on the tax planning. It's the corporation tax saving. I mean, ninety percent of, of business owners use a pension for corporation tax they don't you know they, they don't care for pensions it's not that it's not there it wouldn't be you know they don't they don't go and sing and dance and rave about pensions but uh, fundamentally it's an incredibly good tax planning opportunity for them but more and more now we're trying to push people to go well actually that's great that's all you know the short term but what does it need to mean long term what's the objective what's the plan and if it is never to access it well then that's you know that's planned to never to access it and that's make sure it really grows and it's in a home to do so 
if it's to generate an income of £25,000 a year by the time that they're 65, let's use that as a goal. And then each year when we meet, we can see, you know, how we're progressing towards that goal. Um, I think a lot of the time, one of the biggest risks you see, especially in what we've seen in the last few years, volatile markets, things go up and down, people become um, uh, concerned about what's going on, they're concerned by the markets, but really underpinning that a lot of the time is you're concerned by the markets or you're concerned that you're not on track for your own objectives, you're questioning whether you retire, you feel vulnerable um, that your retirement might be threatened. And I think the, the more we're on a, on a level with a client, the more we personally understand what it is they're trying to achieve, the more we can work back and go, look, yeah, the markets might have dropped 5%. However, you know, you are still on track to do what you need to do. Um, and I, I think, you know, particularly after that last year, the market's been very volatile. People have needed a lot of comfort and, and, and going back to that plan. So I think like everything, having a really, really solid plan in place. The interesting thing is most business owners probably have a business plan, but they don't have a personal plan. They don't have a, you know, they, they know what they want to do. And they know the ins and outs of that business and every single step of it, but they don't always know what to do with their own personal affairs. So it's and, just trying yeah, to do that. I think it's interesting at the moment, there was a lot of talk. I mean, obviously the... Um, the government are trying to encourage the 55 plus to return to the workplace because we've got workforce shortage. But equally, there's a lot of people 55 plus who've probably taken retirement and go, with the cost of living increase that uh, seems to have impacted, they go, actually, I probably haven't got enough in my pension. Yeah. And, and you're right, you said a lot of people may not see their pension as the, the, the provision but actually may increasingly rely on it. So I think it's a changing environment. Yeah. If we may look with that in mind, looking to head to 23-24, the financial year, what would your suggestions be to individuals? What should they be looking at or to focus on? Or what do you see the next 12 months yeah. uh, giving people concerns or, or opportunities and threats, I suppose? I think the world is just getting harder. That is that, you know, we've, we've still got interest rates. We've got a lot of people who are going to be coming out of uh, fixes on mortgages, um, that is again a, a very individual conversation but for the first time in a very long time it might be better to be on a variable rate as opposed to a fixed rate and, and you know I'd have never thought I'd have heard of saying that but with the expectation that interest rates should peak around summer and then reduce towards the end of the year matching the fact that inflation should fall by the end of the year um, that may well mean now that the rates that are available today are worse than the rates that could be available in the future now again the key with that is, is sitting down and talking to someone uh, making sure that you can actually afford to be on a variable rate because obviously the very nature of it if, if rates go up it will go up um, but it could be that sort of short-term pain for a long-term gain so mortgages are, are going to be a risk and, and, and a tax and legislative, legislative change are a risk as you've already said you know additional rate tax is coming down so a, a, after we went from one budget where additional rate taxpayers were going to be better off and then you know within within a matter of months additional rate taxpayers are going to be worse off um, I, I think you know there's a lot of taxation out there there's still a lot of frozen allowances lifetime allowance for pensions inheritance tax thresholds are frozen so again I think if you're in that category where you know if you you've got a large large pension if you've got a larger estate start having those conversations because it, a lot of the time when we're working with things like inheritance tax we're working with seven-year windows and you know if you start planning in your 80s for a seven-year window you know our own mortality starts to become a, a sort of big risk uh, you know really inheritance tax planning you want a, you know a 14 21 year window to really really make the most of it so the earlier you can start having it doesn't mean taking action just start building a plan start building a plan for when you're going to take action 
Um, uh, other than that, again, I think, you know, just trying to, especially probably the biggest one with corporation tax rates going up, um, I, I, just because I can get one more chance to mention pensions, uh, but with corporation tax increasing to up to 25%, that effectively means that every time you make a pension contribution from your business, you're saving a quarter of that, that turnover, that profit. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely say um, revisit. If, if, you, if you're if you a sort of pension sceptic, now is the time to revisit those conversations. Yeah, that's interesting. If you did a, a word count on how many times you said pension i think either that yeah, it's the back highly on your i'm getting paid by the word yeah, but, but i think that's the point isn't it and i know a lot of people haven't seen pensions as an attractive proposition or but actually it's tax efficient and actually it's providing for your, you know later life you know, i think, I think probably so. one of the biggest problems with pensions that i see all the time an initial email initial communication with the client is my pensions doing nothing or it's not going to do anything for me and now a massive core of that comes down to the fact that annually the FCA require a statement to be produced with a default assumption about an annuity purchase. Mm. Now annuities are definitely coming back into favour at the moment because of rising interest rates. But when we've been in a world yeah. that's had 1% interest rates, if you're looking at an annuity purchase, it's probably been quoted a pension of sort of 2 to 3% a year. Now, yeah, if you're looking at that as a backdrop and going, you know, would I want to give someone £100,000 to get two to £3,000 a year back? Then, no, it seems like a terrible decision. Um, however, the reality of it is, is that when you sit down and actually get under the bonnet of that and look at the options that are available, things like drawdown, how people do retire, what the average actual rate of return is and not the assumed rate of return, it's a very, very different picture. Um, I think we also come off the backdrop you know, I can think about um, my wife's grandfather when I um, when I very first told him what I did as a career. Went, oh, pensions, and I, you know, and I thought, okay, right, here we go. And he's a sort of eighty year old chap. When he first took out his pension, he showed me a statement from I think it was about the seventies or eighties, and it said if your pension grows at fifteen percent a year, that's what they were projecting his pension to be one day. But obviously, you know, interest rates were far far higher. So the, you know, the concept of growing at fifteen percent a year, you could have left your money in the bank. So it's not that pensions didn't achieve what they were meant to do. It's just that life has moved on considerably. You know, we're fifteen years post financial crisis with ludicrously low interest rates over that period. So you know, when you look at projecting forward you know what is a benchmark for a good return um you know in a world where interest rates have been one percent if you're getting five plus percent whether it's property commercial property pensions you know real asset that that's five times the rate of return on cash if we exist in a world where cash is four or five percent then you know property and assets are going to have to do more aren't they so again i think a lot of the issue um, is the statements aren't always that friendly, what they actually mean. Um, and, and again, that's the type of thing that we can sit down and a very basic, you know, just break that down and go, look, this is this is what this is actually really, what really means to you when you're planning. Yeah. So. No, thank you. And thank you, Sam, for joining us for this episode of The Street Sessions. For further information on tax year-end financial planning or personal financial planning, visit towerhousewm.co.uk or streetsweb.co.uk. Thank you also to you for listening. We look forward to catching up again with you in future sessions.